Hello, everyone. Welcome into Living Liberty Today. I'm your host, Charlie Earle. Today is episode 42. We've entitled it Plans and Planets. Okay. Uh, first of all, before we get started here, I do want to remind you that we're on LinkedIn and Parlor and MeWe and Twitter. Uh, and Facebook at Living Liberty Today on Facebook. So if you have any comments, I'd encourage you to go there and add them uh, if you want to remark on this show because I had a friend contact me about, he was concerned that I appeared to be hating on cryptocurrency because I'd been uh, rather skeptical in my recent remarks. Let me say I don't hate crypto. In fact, uh, I truly wish that I'd been more aggressive early in buying and very aggressive in selling much later. No, I wish I'd have bought and sold it lots of times. What I don't trust is government. And uh, let me put it to you this way. The one of the purposes, I guess, or benefits of cryptocurrency was its ability to mask transactions and, in a sense, hide them from uh, intense government scrutiny, among other things. There are a number of purposes for it, but that that's the one that I found most appealing. And given what has been exposed about our government in recent years, there's no doubt in my mind, and maybe there is in yours, and you'll want to comment on this, but there's no doubt in my mind that government agencies, security agencies, will grab a crypto guru, take him into a small concrete block room, uh, use a rubber hose on him or threaten him with dire consequences, perhaps threatening to charge him with innumerable gray laws that we don't even know exist unless he spills his guts about the access points and ability to undermine and manipulate cryptocurrency. That's what I'm saying. Is that a real scenario? I don't know. Is it feasible? I think it is. And so my distrust of government makes me skeptical of the security of cryptocurrencies going forward. Add into that the fact that China's creating their own government cryptocurrency, and I think we're going to have a real Donnybrook in the days going forward. Okay, let's uh, get into some of the articles I was looking at this week, and you may find um, interesting, I hope, as I put on my glasses. If I sound a little off on my articulation today, it's because I took a face plant on a rock. Don't get old. It gets really difficult to navigate. Anyway, um, I saw an article in the Washington Examiner. It was on the 17th uh, by uh, an organization called the Center Square. And basically, they examined, and they used a pretty thorough analysis, the return on investment state by state in the United States. Now, given that a positive return on investment in many cases 
can be a subjective matter, so we'll set that aside. But they try to do it analytically, try to do it with hard data, and they uh, pretty much said the uh, the best state for getting the return on your buck would be New Hampshire. They said the worst state for getting a return on your buck would be Hawaii. The next worst state would be California. So that explains a lot of what's going on in our dynamics right now. I should say my home state, Ohio, is right number six. I think that's too generous. But again, as I said, this could be a subjective analysis. Another article I was reading. Well, first of all, before I get into it, let me address the uh, Arizona audit and the Georgia audit. The judges ruled that in Georgia, 147,000 absentee ballots must be thoroughly examined. And as you know, the uh, Maricopa County audit in Arizona has become a real political Donnybrook with charges and counter charges and accusations and more accusations piling on one another going on there. I'm not sure if we're ever really going to get a definitive answer out of Maricopa County because there's so much smoke and mirrors uh, being distributed there. But in Wyndham, New Hampshire, they found that the machines are misreading ballots. And uh, with an interesting, I get, if I recall correctly, about a 23 to 28% error rate. And so that's being examined thoroughly. What they found is that flat ballots were misread, or I should say folded ballots are misread, and the folded ballots represented the absentees and mail-ins. So um, that may be something going forward. Is Are there irregularities? Yes. All over, everywhere. Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, Arizona, Georgia, certainly. Um, are they significant? Well, they are in a sense that they could be extremely significant. For one thing, if the error rate comes out and suggests that Biden or President Biden wasn't truly elected, then what do we do going forward? Well, given the fact that we are supposed to be a nation of laws and not men, which I think is a pipe dream at this point in time because people in the positions of power just flat out ignore the laws. And certainly we know from personal experience, and you do too, that men slash women are fallible. Um, I can't see the Supreme Court taking up that issue. Uh, They lack testicular fortitude, and they would be afraid to address it. Besides, I, I got to tell you, from a purely practical point of view, I would be really nervous about nine people, appointed people, making a decision that turns the whole nation around or upside down. On the other hand, I think it's vital, absolutely vital, that we have election integrity going forward. Uh, because otherwise you're going to find 
an even lower turnout rate for elections than what we have now. And I've got a lot of friends, as you know, I'm a, I'm a libertarian. I've got a lot of friends in my field who feel that voting is worthless because the options are so limited. And I assume that kind of attitude would just increase and become deeper and more ingrained. So when you have a significant portion of the adult and sentient population withdrawing from the process that narrows the scope of power or the funnel of power, if you will. And I think it make the issues we have today even more profound going forward. So uh, on that somber note, let me say I still have hope. On that somber note, let's move on. Doug Casey had a good article this week. Uh, It's called Inflation is Back and Here to Stay. There's another cheery thought. But I don't, I, I, if you want to look at it, it was from Friday and uh, it was in Doug Casey's International Man. Makes sense to me. You can't have the stress on the economy that we have now. You can't be printing or digitizing billions of dollars without deflating the value of the individual dollar, thus making the cost of products, goods, and services higher uh, just because of the fact the value of the dollar has been diminished so greatly. Uh, You know there's a movement afoot uh, globally to take off the dollar as the standard currency, as the preferred currency. I suspect the Fed's going to make that much easier to accomplish around the globe than what it has been so far because the strength of the dollar has been amazingly good. On the other hand, the currency and the value in China, the yuan is not all that hot either. So I guess I could say we're looking forward to a global cluster. You fill in the final word there. Casey had another article on Wednesday. Doug Casey's international man about the labor shortage and other disturbing distortions in the economy. There again, we have government messing it up. Um, I think it was Reagan that said, uh, you know, one of the greatest lies ever told is I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Um, and I, I'm paraphrasing there, of course, but it's, um, uh, It's a shame that the distortions, the printing of money is one thing, the shelling out money to people to stay unemployed. First of all, government lockdowns on a state level and certainly with pressure from the feds and little Fauci, the Napoleonic uh, power grabber, um, caused an economic hit to most of the country and some of the states acerbated it by becoming even more severe in their lockdowns and so forth. So we have government forcing the economy to come to a creeper gear, down from high to creeper. And uh, now government's feeling it's obligated to help people who were damaged by that economy at some level. But again, you're right back to the typical issue with government is picking winners and losers so they decide whether you merit help or you don't. 
and some bureaucrat sitting in a cubicle somewhere uh, playing with games on his iPhone, look up and occasionally decide, yes, you need help, or no, you don't need help, but let's just throw money out there so that people don't have to go to work, even though jobs may be opening back up now. Okay, another cluster, you can add the word. I got an article I'd like to uh, recommend to you that uh, might fit into my little Bitcoin sermonette at the beginning. It's by SK Wealth Academy, Monday, May 17th. It was on In Zero Hedge. It's called Critical Bitcoin Truths Never Discussed by Bitcoin Millionaires and Billionaires. And they basically go into the point that if you're into a commodity or an investment package or whatever, and you're doing well from it, you tend to overlook the downside because of your, um, how do I put it, your financial windfalls and euphoria. So then let's put another little damper and a cloud over your day from Tyler Durden in Zero Hedge. This was on Wednesday as well. And it's called Everything is Crashing, Stocks, Bonds, Crypto, Commodities, All Tumble, although we did have some creep up on the Dow Jones on Friday. Again, as you know, I'm sure, and I will share with you, the Dow Jones is artificial. It's a composite. It doesn't really look at real value. There's no real value there. A company's only worth what it can produce and what it can sell on the market. And sometimes those companies' value is inflated because they're getting subsidies or help from the government or fewer restrictions or whatever, whereas other companies may have a valuable product that's you know significantly good, but yet they're restrained by government action or what have you. So... I'll leave that with that. Um, this has been Living Liberty Today. I apologize. I took a face plant this morning. I may not be speaking too clearly, but I'll try to do better next time next week. So that's Living Liberty Today, uh, episode 42. Remember to live free, be free, and stay free. I'm Charlie Earle.